Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen. I'm going to talk today about some specific topics that we've talked about at our clinics. Before I do that, I want to just thank everybody, thank all the listeners. I I noticed this morning we're at like 150,000 downloads, which every time I look at that, I think I I just can't believe it that, that that many people have listened to us at the same time everywhere I go now. You know, I have somebody come up to me and say they listen to a certain podcast or some people say they listen to them multiple times. You know, when I hear somebody tell me that, you know, I, I, I think now there's somebody that's got a passion for what they're doing. I tell you what, it's just uh, it's just awesome. And, and I get to work with so many people like this. It's just awesome when people have a passion for something and they're so interested in it and they're just hungry for that knowledge and that understanding to where they can get better, enjoy it more, be more successful. I mean, it's a it's a triple win. I mean, we talked about this a lot. You know, yesterday, the second day of my clinic at Amarillo, you know, it's just anymore in this industry, it's just a win-win-win. You, as you increase your knowledge and your understanding, you're you're going to enjoy it more. You're going to have a better asset, which is your equine friend, your equine partner. You know, you're going to have a more valuable asset and you're going to be more successful. You know, and, and on top of that, on top of that, it's going to be safe. You know, and sometimes I I think we get away from that. We we take the safety part of it for granted. And anytime you're around somebody that's been in this industry a long time take the opportunity to ask them not not to be on the negative side but if you ever get a chance to talk to somebody that's trained for a long time or been in this industry a long time and talk about some of the some of the horrific wrecks and accidents and and even fatalities that can happen you you know we we kind of take all that for granted you know and really that that's one of the you know, that is the most important thing is safety for you, for you, for others, and for your horse. And so, you know, it's uh, it, it's really been going into the, you know, when we started the podcast, and a lot of you have heard this story, you know, I, I had no idea, I had no idea that people would latch onto it and you know, wait every Tuesday morning to listen to it. And and I'm not saying, you know, there's podcasts out there that have millions of listeners, you know, and we're not that. My place in this industry is just a small niche. And, uh, but I am very, very thankful, very blessed, very happy to have it. So, you know, before I got started, I just wanted to, wanted to thank everybody that's listening. And, and then we're going to get into, into talking about some horsemanship. First thing I'm going to talk about is a clinic that I finished up in Arizona, and uh, I was at Whitman, Arizona. Dina Miller and Shannon Hamilton co-hosted the clinic. Shannon and her husband, Craig, they have a facility out there that they just built. 
um, with hookups and stalls, great location, great arena, really good ground. You know, it was just a, uh, it was just a wonderful experience. Great group of riders, um, great group of trainers, good set of horses. I talk about this all the time, but you know, everywhere I go, people are, people are so advanced anymore. You can tell people are, are using the resources that are out there. You can tell people are investing in themselves. And when I talk about investing in yourself, you know, I, I'm always hesitant to talk about that because it sounds like I'm selling something and I don't, I don't want it to sound that way. But I've talked about this at my clinics about myself. You know, for a long time, I was willing to invest in basically everything but myself. And, and the day I realized that the, the reason I didn't invest in myself a lot of times is because, you know, there was a part of me that didn't think I was worth it. And I would invest in trucks, trailers, horses, equipment, you know, things that my family needed, you know, all of that. But sometimes I think because of just the way we are and we're, you know, I always think taking care of everybody else and not ourselves. Me personally, I just, I didn't invest in myself. I didn't, I didn't seek out mentors. I seeked out knowledge and I tried to learn, but I just tried to gather up a, a kernel here, a kernel there. And then for me, you know, I went, Pretty much, it, I went through the school of hard knocks and just learned it by trial and error and, and applying this. And if it worked, you know, I, I added it to my toolbox. And if it didn't, I got rid of it. You know, and I think a lot of us have that same story. But, you know, when you get groups like that, what I, what I see at my clinics, and, and I'm sure this is, this is kind of standard industry-wide, you know, I'm not sitting there at a lot of other guys' clinics because, you know, I'm doing my own and, and uh, got my own schedule, but, but I would love to. I would love to go to every clinic out there if I could to, to see the differences and get other opinions. And, you know, I do do that some each year. You know, I try to do at least two things every year to invest in myself now. And, and uh, like this year, it has been seeking out mentors as far as more on the financial side just because I'm I'm kind of at that time in my life so you know going back to you know having people come up and talk about listening to the podcast and how it's helped them and you know there it helped them get over a hump you know that's even there you know, when, when you're doing that, you're investing in yourself because you're taking the time to listen. You're taking the time to process it, you know, and there's that's one of the reasons I think that we're seeing the advancement in horsemanship and people understanding the horse, you know, because to advance your horsemanship, you got you have to understand something about the animal you're training. That's all there is to it. And, you know, both clinics, both the Whitman Clinic and the Amarillo Clinic that I just came from, you know, there were a lot of the same, lot of the same challenges that came up, but then some different challenges. And that's, it's interesting for me because every time I go to a new place and every time I start a clinic with, 
with a set of trainers and a set of horses. It, it's so interesting because the direction of the clinic always takes a little bit of a different path. I mean, we go through the same information. You know, I don't change my program, but the way we apply it, depending on the horse and the rider where they're at. And, and here's the thing, wherever the rider is at, that's where the horse is at. You know, there's it's always uh, fun when you can watch a trainer working with a horse and they make a change in themselves and all of a sudden they get that response, that that willing and effortless response from their horse and that, you know, you can see that little light bulb go off in their head. And that is, uh, tell you what, for me, that's that's really the payback. You know, the last couple of weeks, I've been really fortunate to, to be able to see that in, in these trainers. And, uh, you know, when we were, when I was out in Arizona, like I said, we had a really good group of horses, really good group of riders. And, you know, but, but there's a lot of diversity. The horses are all at different phases and, and some of the trainers are able to do some of the exercises that maybe, maybe with a little more speed, maybe they can test their boundaries a little bit. Um, one of the big things that always comes up and that we always talk about is understanding, understanding the challenges, understanding you're going to come to some bumps in the road, you know, understanding there's going to be some failures that that comes with it. But here's the key to that, to change your thought process and perspective on that is understand that your biggest progression, your biggest victories sometimes come right after your biggest challenges or, or you've met your biggest roadblock. I've got a young trainer coming for a private clinic here in a couple weeks. And uh, last week we were talking on the phone and, you know, she was to a point with her horse where she was just, she said, you know, I don't know if it's time to just cut my losses and move on or, you know, I don't know what to do. And I, you know, and I told her, I said, well, you know, we, you can do that, but I would wait until you get through this obstacle, till you get through this challenge, till you get through this bump in the road. Because if you do, you're going to be that much better. If you don't, you're going to go get another horse and then in a year, year and a half or less, we're going to be having the same conversation. Because here's the thing, you know, and, and I've proven this to myself because like I always tell you on these you know, on my podcast it you know, what I'm sharing with you is, is my experiences. I mean, I've lived it, you know, I've got to hang around a long time in this business now. And, uh, I've made lots of mistakes. I've made lots of mistakes. I've encountered lots of challenges. I've encountered lots of roadblocks that I created. Not, the horse didn't create the roadblocks. The horse didn't create the challenges. I did. You know, so I, I tell people all the time, you you know, you got to you got to embrace those and you got to get through those challenges because that's what makes you better. That that's what takes you to a new level. In this case, does that mean she won't ever sell this horse or go on to a different horse? No, it doesn't mean that at all. 
not every horse fits every person. You know, it's just like we talked about this weekend. You know, you develop, you know, our job as a trainer is to develop the physical and mental potential of the animal we're training at that time. That's what our job is. You know, me personally, I, there, I've got three horses going home to uh, a customer in Minnesota today. You know, they're three very different horses. The horse that I thought was going to be the biggest challenge and the biggest handful he was for the first couple weeks. And then he has turned the corner and uh, he has made a really nice horse. Now, as, you know, I've only had him for a couple months. I mean, they're green as gourds still. But, you know, I thought he was going to be my my biggest challenge. There's another little gelding in there that, that he's been way bigger challenge you know wanted to buck was cinchy pulled back it's kind of heavy in the face and and he's going to be that way a while if if they don't you know if you don't keep working on lateral and vertical flexion and collection and and helping that horse understand that he needs to move his feet you know if he gets sticky in that front end he's really going to pull on that bridle and and that's not something that goes away in two months may not go away in two years you know, always remember with your horses, it does not take a few months to make a good horse. You can get one started decent. It takes years to make a great horse. It, it takes years to make a good horse sometimes. You know, just like this set of horses, very diverse. And then there's a mare in there that's as good a mover as I've been on in a long time. But she's little, she's a little uh, flighty at times. And, you know, she's got challenges. But those horses, given the opportunity, and if and if they continue to develop, you know, developing that mental and physical potential, that is our job as a trainer. That is our job as a trainer. And and when I keep it simple like that, it, it just makes it so much easier for me to progress them. Because understanding that each one's an individual just like we are. Each one has strengths and weaknesses, just like we do. You know, as you go through that training process and you change horses, that just makes it a little more realistic for me. And and then, you know, I just, I just focus on getting that 1% better each day. Well, just like at that clinic in, in Arizona, there were, there were some horses there like I said, really good set of horses, which made it to where we could do a lot of things, a lot of pretty advanced exercises, and, and it, it was the same way in Amarillo. But, you know, a lot of those horses, you know, they were still lacking that one piece or two of the puzzle. And, and normally what that comes back to is, you know, your feel, your timing, your balance, you know, what muscle memory you have and you know collection you know with i'm going to talk about collection first collection in the performance events for me personally if if my horses you know aren't soft laterally you know to the left and to the right you know which i get which i obtained through my lateral flexion and my one rein stops and my lateral bending exercise if I don't have that to begin with, I'll, I'll never have great collection. Now, 
before we talk about, you know, obtaining collection, you know, just think about why it's so important. Well, let's just talk about the roping first. You know, in the roping, you know, we expect that horse to stand dead still in that corner, you know, equal weight on all four feet. And then when our hand moves, you know, a half an inch forward, we want them accelerating to top speed and, and go running into position and then getting ready, getting ready to stop or turn, right? Depending on if it's the breakaway or the calf roping or the heading or the healing. Well, you know, in that event, it's a little easier in either the any of the roping events because it happens so fast. Okay, so your collection and your ability to control speed and direction is is helped somewhat just by the fact that we're not going that far. the The distance we travel is not that far most of the time. Well, just think about it in the barrel racing, and this is where control and speed and direction is just everything. I mean, if you don't have great control of speed and direction, which is a result of great collection, in that event, it just is not going to happen. I mean, you might, you know, what what really teases us in that event is every once in a while you're going to steal a run and things are going to go pretty good and you know with the physical ability of the horses that we raise and train anymore you know they're very fast our horses are very fast and but if you don't have great collection so when you drop the hammer you drop your hand and you let let that horse run to that first barrel and you have to understand that run when we stimulate that that run in a horse that that's just like stimulating the flight response okay horses you know to me horses have three god-given instincts number one is to survive the way they survive is with their flight instinct because a horse a horse's and and you've heard me talk about this before but a horse's eye works like a big bifocal um, and I always encourage everybody, if you have a chance, look some of this up, just Google it on the internet and, and read about how a horse's eye works and how they see and, and the different way they see images and just their field of vision and the whole thing. It's just so interesting to me. And I just, just in the last few years have done, you know, my research and, and read up on it and started to understand how a horse sees, but you know, the top part of their eye sees images that are farther off and the bottom part of their eye sees where they're, where they're putting their feet and what they're eating, you know, can see the ground. So the bottom part of their eyes, like that, that bifocal that you're reading with and the top part is where they can see, you know, see images off. Well, you know, a horse is, you know, that's one of their, one of their main instincts is to survive, eat, and then if the opportunity presents itself, they will reproduce, you know, and, and really a horse in the wild, that's their, that's their main ob objective each day. You know, you don't see them 
running around three trees out there that look like a barrel pattern all day and taking turns doing it. I mean, that, you know, you don't see them chasing cattle and staying on the, you know, staying off the left hip of a steer and just staying in that position all day, chasing it around. That's stuff that, you know, the performance events, that's all stuff we dreamed up that we're going to use them for. So going back to what I was talking about, collection why it's so important just think about that coming down that alley you put your hand down and you stimulate that flight response you know you stimulate a reactive response when you ask a horse to run as hard as they can run it's just it's no different than a bear or mountain lion was chasing them and then you understand how that horse sees and because they don't see the object like we do and when you ask a horse to run, they extend their stride. Well, when a horse extends their stride, they have a natural hollowing out in their back. And, you know, when, when a horse's back gets hollowed out, it, it creates a challenge for them to get round in their back, get their hindquarter underneath them and get balanced to where they can, to where they can, number one, slow down and then slow down and turn or slow down and stop or both. So, you know, you think about that and the reason collection is just critical with speed is that in a run, you ask that horse to do that four times. Go into the first, go into the second, go into the third and then coming home. You stimulate that flight instinct and so that horse fleeing, you know, when we stimulate that response, you know, you have that natural, of course, their stride lengthens because a horse is made to where when they lengthen their stride, they can run faster and cover more ground. It's just a simple measurement. So then when you take the slack out of the bridle reins, that horse has to understand that they need to get ready get ready to rate, get ready to slow down, get ready to stop or get, get ready to turn. Well, without collection, without that horse understanding that when they feel you, when you, they feel your body get in that position to reach down that rein and get that, and you're going to ask that horse to change speed or direction because in the performance events for me, it's, it's pretty simple. I've got to be able to control speed and direction. And if I can't control speed and direction, there is no reason going fast for me. Now, now somebody else may get, may get by with it, you know, and you may get by with it with some gimmicks and, and some bigger bits or, you know, whatever. For me personally, if I don't have great control of speed and direction, uh, I don't really want to go fast because usually the result well, not usually, always I'm disappointed with the result. And so, but you think about it, that's why you think about like a, a barrel horse in a barrel run. We struggle with the fact why, why, you know, why is this horse having trouble getting collected? Well, because we're stimulating that flight instinct, that flight response. And so your fundamentals and your foundation have got to be outstanding, not just good. You know, years ago I was, you know, when I would teach 
collection and talk about it. I was, I was really, you know, I was kind of okay with just it getting a little better. And, and part of that was, is that I know your, your expectations can't be for it to be perfect, especially not at a two day clinic, because it's not going to be perfect. We just need to get a little bit better. But, you know, for those of you out there in the speed events, and, and that's the majority of my customers, the majority of the horses I ride, we have got to, got to continually soften that horse laterally and vertically. You have to have, you know, when you go to do your lateral flexion, go to do a correct one rein stop and you do, do your lateral flexion correctly, you're going to create that feel with your horse to where they know what's coming. You know, I had this conversation yesterday with a guy at the clinic and his daughter was riding in the horsemanship clinic and they rope and they're really advanced. And, and, you know, we talked about this. It, it's not, it's not the stop or turn that's hard. It's them understanding to get ready to stop and turn because if you don't help a thousand, eleven, twelve hundred pound animal that has 25, 30 miles of forward motion, momentum, if you don't help them understand to get ready to stop or ready to turn, the end result is just going to be a tug of war, quite frankly. I mean, it's just going to be a tug of war, and I've done it, I've lived it. You know, I've proven to myself that doesn't work. So, you know, um, I've got say in several in the next few episodes, I'm going to talk about a lot of other things that we've been working on and and talk about field timing and balance. But uh, you know, today that was just the that was just the subject that's really been on my mind, and I wanted to take some time and talk about it. And and you know, I encourage you today um, evaluate the the level of collection you have on your horse at all speeds. And if you fall short when you start increasing the speed, you need to back up and work on that. And by doing that, I guarantee you, your results are going to get better. They will get better, I promise you. So thank you again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great week of training. God bless. And as always, today and every day, be your best. Hey everybody, today's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship is brought to you by our awesome sponsors, Classic Equine, Martin Saddlery, Cinch, Perina, Healthy Coat, Starbar, Clarify, and Better Horses TV. These brands have been a part of our program for many years and their products continue to play a very important role in the success of our performance horse training program. To support these brands, please head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com and click on our sponsors tab.